Greetings, everyone. Uh-oh. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. I'm your co-host, Till. RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and politely introduce ourselves into the void. Yet again. <laughs> um... We talk about various aspects of D&D for the edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. That was dude. a very calm introduction from you. Dude, dude, dude. I'm just... I just I just know what awaits me after we're done recording. So What's that? More work. Ah, just vibing. Yes. Um, but uh, when this comes out, by the time this comes out, I will have a uh, level five adventures league character so that'll be very exciting you might have a level 13 non-adventures league character that is unlikely i foresee death um what i'll be doing after this is maybe editing the show and then Mm -hmm. possibly playing fall guys so if anybody listening wants to play fall guys with me let me know it's a nice relaxing game of just throwing yourself off a cliff i bought and started playing cyberpunk 2077 did you i did did you? I did. On what? PC. And your PC can handle it? Yeah, I brand new, spec'd out to the fucking max. Okay. I, I bought and? it. So I I haven't owned a good PC in I think like 14 years. Yeah. So I'm not up on, you know, the last game that I played new on computer was Diablo 2. Wow. So I'm not up on like using the mouse and, you know, I sucked at Counter-Strike Go back in the day when I had to use the mouse to shoot. And You don't plug in a controller? W- so I didn't even think about that. So I'm <laughs> sitting there and I'm, I'm trying to play this game and it is, I'm laughing at how bad I am at this game. Like I can't drive more than like two seconds without crashing. You know, every time I try to shoot, the guns just flying all over the place. And I'm like, this, this fucking sucks. So I unplug it in. I'm talking to a doctor the other day and he's like, have you tried plugging your Xbox control? I'm like, does that just work? Like, do I have to do anything? Yes, it does. He's works. like, no, just plug it in. I'm like, okay. I plugged it in. I started playing. I'm like, this is the best fucking time ever. <laughs> oh my God. It's been that way for almost a decade. Again, 14 years since I've ever used a PC to do shit. I mean, like, ever since Xbox changed over from that stupid circular port for their controllers to USBs, you could just... Because it's Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm having a very good time. Uh, Okay. I'm not good at, like, the game, but I'm really good at just stumbling across crimes happening and killing all the bad guys. So, have you experienced any of the... T-pose glitches, saving glitches, cars flying through the air glitches. The, o- the, the only thing, the closest thing I've had to a glitch, uh, there, there's a feature in the game where you can just order your car to automatically come to where you're at. Right. And one time when I ordered through it, the air. no, no, no. It had all of the doors missing. It looked like it had been in like 20 wrecks on the way to me. So <laughs> That actually is appropriate. That so feels I'm like, appropriate. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I just hopped in without the doors, drove to where I was going, and that was it. But other than that, no issues. I've only known two other people who've played it, and Taven says he's having a fine time. Yeah. My friend in Florida, he started playing it, and he just was getting errors in his save states. Like if he walked through certain areas, it would just crash and not, and like delete his saves. He like would go onto an elevator, 
glitch out, he'd have to redo half an hour or an hour's worth of work or whatever. And so he just returned it. Yeah. Um, distinctly possible. Like I said, uh, I bought mine on Steam. Uh, yeah. All it updates automatically. I have not had any issues. I'm, I, you know, I, one day if I have a good enough computer, I'll wait till it's on sale. But yes, yeah. So good times. Okay, Cyberpunk. I just uh, started. I picked up again the Neuromancer book. Okay, there you which go. Is, you know, Steampunky. Yeah. Or Cyberpunky. Sorry. Um, Steampunky. Yeah, not Steampunky. We live. We live in a Steampunk society. Let's be honest. Uh, so you know, I like it. It's good. And obviously, one of our players he wants he wants to play a Cyberpunk TTRPG. Yes. Maybe we'll maybe we'll take a full transition to RWD, our podcast about cyberpunk and other tabletop RPGs. We're definitely going to get a new intro song then. <clears throat> no, it works. <laughs> it's quirky. It's in a porn. <laughs> it is. One day we'll have a new intro song. Eventually. I think about that. How how shook people would be, right? They'd think they were listening to the wrong show. They'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" There you go. What is this? Every you know, just like any podcast you listen to for three seasons mm-hmm. like what is this so warning episode 100 change the change of interest three seasons and a musical that's our goal oh that's really good that's a good tagline <clears throat> excuse me something's stuck in my throat i'm out of water okay oh, no. uh, <clears throat> we have a, a two segment mission today a and, double whammy and that is optional rules specifically out of the chapter nine dungeon masters workshop yes so, with a little bit of other spice in there there are a lot of variant rules in like various adventures and other books we're focusing on the dmg right now yes so these are things that are published right in the original dungeon masters guide and they are things you can add to your game they don't <clears throat> some of them do they don't all replace something right mm-hmm. um but they're I feel like a lot of these, again, chapter nine, DMG starts on page 263. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these were that were the rules of the game in a in like a play test, in like an earlier version. Mm-hmm. And eventually they rolled them back. Yes, that makes sense. Right. That's what a lot of these feel like. Yeah. Um, after reading through all of them for this segment or this episode, I really want to try some of these. I agree. I, I went ahead and I ranked all of them as I went through on a scale of one to 10. Okay. A couple got zeros. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anything that I gave a seven or more to, I want to try in a game. Yeah. I really feel like some of these might be more fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially something like the very first one. Which, which one's that? Proficiency we, dice. Oh, I didn't know if we were starting at chapter eight or chapter nine. No. Chapter eight is, it, is if we if we can. Okay, good. Yes, proficiency dice. Proficiency dice. Optional rule replaces proficiency bonus with proficiency dice. So instead of proficiency bonus of two, you have a proficiency die of a D4. And as your proficiency bonus would otherwise go up, instead, the proficiency die goes up. So D4, D6, D8, D10, D12. I think that's super cool. I gave it a three out of 10. Really? You're a guinea. Tracking this would be excessive, and more dice is only more confusion. What's more tracking? Dice- What's tracking? Tra- you write on your sheet, proficiency die, D4, oh my God. done, tracked. Okay, when it's automated, when, when literally the system tells you what the bonus is, 
people have issues getting the right bonus into their roles. Just so, imagine so if it that's was so that cancels out. People would have this problem that way or this way then. What I'm saying is this is even worse because then what if you're using the wrong die? Then you're fucking stupid. <laughs> you write it on your sheet, people. So, write your character sheet. Yeah, more, more Someone dice. on Reddit posted a question. How do I start making characters? It's like, what software do you guys usually get? Blah, blah, blah. I replied, get a character sheet, fill it out with a pencil. <laughs> do that until you know what the hell you're doing. Then you can move on. So, like, so yeah, I, I, I like the randomness that it brings. Yeah. But I dislike the idea of having more dice to do simple D20 tasks. I mean, I I think the variability could be really fun, right? It's like not only does the D20 provide variability, this provides additional variability. Yes. You know, I I attack. Mm -hmm. D20 plus strength plus a D12, mm -hmm. right? Not yeah, only no, could I roll a natural one, I could roll a one on the D12. That could be... It could be, I still could be fine, right? I still could be okay. But if I roll a 12 on the D12, boy, I'm probably going to hit. Not if you rolled a one, a one's a miss on the D20. On the D12, I'm talking about. Yeah. Like if, if I roll, if you roll one on the D20, it's a miss no matter what. But I if, know. You roll, if you roll two and then a 12, yes. Yeah. 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 I'm saying, I'm saying it's, it's, it adds like a second, like a secondary motion, a secondary thing to all of these all of these things, but you're, you're again it because you don't think people can track it down. I, I, I'm against it for that. And I dislike the, uh, that exact thing that you bring up in that a high level character. That's not well-made could do good for no fucking reason. I do want to point out, I think at the very end of chapter nine is something we've talked about a lot. Um, and we'll we probably increase? skip it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cause we have beaten that horse until uh, it no longer uh, has lived. I have the note in there. Don't worry. Um, okay, so you probably I don't like the next section at all. Skill variance? Yes. Would I you rate it, it? Three out of ten. Okay, perfect. So skill variance in the most basic sense. Um replace a character's having specific skill proficiencies, you know, athletics, mm -hmm. persuasion, whatever, with having ability check proficiencies. So you're proficient in strength, ability checks, dexterity, wisdom checks you know, et cetera. Yeah. So you get one from your uh, class and one from your background. Right. Um, they also have in here the option of personality trait proficiencies, which so is stupid. stupid. It, it, it just, it forced, my problem with it is that it forces characters into very set paths instead of diversifying their skills. You know, it simplifies things, but is that good? And I say no. The, uh, that's more or less what I wrote. Ability check proficiency. Um, it makes each character feel less unique. Yeah. Less, uh, ah, I'm proficient in that. Yeah. Moments. Right. Wait, the barbarian knows performance. When did that happen? Right. Exactly. And um, I think that those moments of like, uh, oh, knowledge history. Absolutely. I'm proficient in that. I read books as a kid. Right. Sleight of hand. I'm proficient in that. Yeah. Like, so I think I think skills are a thing that really allows variant flavor, right, for a character. True. Very true. Um, the background slash proficiency. Or back in, I'm sorry. Background slash personality proficiency. That feels to me like it would. Okay. So um, to for the people who haven't read it, mm -hmm. personality trait proficiency. 
characters don't have skill proficiency. Instead, a character can add his or her proficiency bonus to any ability check directly related to the character's positive personality traits. For example, a character with a positive personality trait of, I never have a plan, but I'm great at making things up as I go, might apply the bonus when engaging in some off-the-cuff deception to get out of a tight spot. This feels like it would result in endless out-of-character debates about what you mm-hmm. can add your proficiency bonus to. Mm-hmm. Non-stop. Non-stop. Every time. Like, I, I understand what they were trying to do. I, I like the idea of it, but the abstractness just leads to way too much downtime dealing with bullshit. And eventually, just the defeated DM going, fine. Yeah, fine. roll whatever you want. Fine. I don't care. Fine. Because then as a DM, I'm just raising the DC. Right, exactly. I don't, I don't want you to be amazing at everything. But like that example of, I never have a plan, but I'm great at making things up as I go along, could easily be, oh, well, I'm going to try to you know, recklessly run in the room, jump in the chandelier, swing off the chandelier, and roll over the thing. I get proficiency on that acrobatics check, right? I, I'm great. I, I'm great at making things up as I go. Oh, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to recklessly rob that guy's pockets. I'm making it up as I go. I'm proficient in that sleight of hand check, right? Wild card. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm chaotic neutral. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is a fucking zero. This is a lot. This is a big no, no. Dislike. Dislike. The next one gets zero. Really? Hero points? Hero points. Fucking stupid. Get that shit out of this game. A character starts with five hero points at first level. Each time he gains a character level, he loses any unspent hero points and gains a new total equal to five plus half the character level. You can spend a hero point whenever you make an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. Spend the hero point to add a D6 to the D20. So it's Bardic Inspiration. Stupid. If you were meant to have inspiration, the DM would have given you inspiration or a bard would have given you inspiration. We don't need all this other bullshit to just give other things other roles. I hate it. I hate it. I don't want to get into it. I hate it. I was actually thinking more mechanically about this. Like, I would never use them. Because I would like I would never really know what I'm going to level. Mm-hmm. And I only have the five to start. And then you know, six and then six and then seven. I would be like Skyrim potion, you know, you know not uh, you know, uh, like like potions and games yeah. where you don't spend any of your stuff because I don't know when I'm going to need it. See, you we would don't wouldn't know that because we currently do milestone leveling. But if you do XP leveling, you know exactly how close you are to leveling, and you would know when to use it. Right, but again, that leaves you with eighty percent of the level that you don't use it. Unless, or again, I hate it, but. You know, I feel like this is a, in case we're like, I'm about to fall off a cliff. I need to make a deck save. I'll add this bullshit to it. And I mean, that's kind of where I was at. Like you'd save it for death saving throws, you know, yeah, or initiative. Fucking stupid. Stuff like that. So I, I also give this um, a zero. Yeah. Okay. There's a bigger section, which is actually kind of relevant to last week's episode. No, two weeks so, ago episode. So yeah, I, I broke it into the one and then the other. I did them separately because they actually have different scores this is a um a recommendation on how you might include an additional ability score such as honor or sanity Mm -hmm. so they give descriptions for honor and sanity but i feel like these are more like loose guidelines on how you might include anything like this yes um so there's specifics on here you just kind of add another ability score but you don't ever use it for anything except ability checks and saving throws Mm -hmm. um and you're essentially trying to maintain your honor or maintain your sanity. It can't be raised with normal ability scores. Yeah. So 
what's your rating? Uh, for the honor section, I gave it a four um, because it feels like a very specific campaign idea. And if you're already set in such a world, hopefully the PCs are already kind of doing this without having to add another score and another save to it. It's, um, I feel like the examples provided for honor aren't very helpful. So, because yeah. you're right, the character should already be doing that. So, why make the honor check? Um, you know, you might call for an honor check when someone's unsure how to act with honor. So, like, what's that mean? Does, does that mean I just take over your character and you do this? Yeah. Right? It feels a little detached from how skills and saves work for other abilities, mm -hmm. right? With the exception of like knowledge checks. You know, if I'm making a sleight of hand check, I know what I'm doing. I'm trying to pickpocket a guy. But if I walk in the room and I go, I don't know how to act, and I say, make an honor check, you succeed. Okay, great. You walk in, you take one knee, you put your hand to your forehead, you say all seven of her titles, then you raise at the knees, but stay bowed and back away without turning around. So stupid. Right? Um, so I don't think the honor... I agree with you. I don't think the honor system is a good example here. No. Um, sanity... Is the I, madness I, stuff we discussed last yes, week? Yes, we two discussed. Weeks ago. I, I like it more as they have it in the system. It's a five out of 10 for me. Um, but as we've discussed, I think it can be better. And I think you're working to make it better. This is probably how my compassion ability should work. Yeah. You have a compassion ability score. Mm -hmm. And you use it to survive hate checks, you know? Exactly. Yep. And if you fail them, something bad happens. Mm hmm. So I actually hadn't having never really looked at this before. think, Oh, well that that's probably the direction I should be going with what I wanted to work on. Um, and I think the sanity ability score is a good example. I don't think honor is a good example just because it's, it, it's the DM doing all the work. Yes. Agreed. Um, which leads to fear and horror. So the fear saves, uh, like why are we making a dire situation even fucking worse for no reason? Like I hate it. This is essentially allowing the DM to just add fear, right, at their leisure. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you guys are really fucked. Roll to see if you're now frightened on top of being really fucked. I mean, if you have a, a veteran good DM, they can use this appropriately. And arguably should be using this appropriately. But What's anything short of that... It? What? What's the appropriate way to use it? You know, my big bad is being built up does something terrifying blows up a city whatever it is uh -huh. maybe you roll a fear check i'm probably i don't need to roll fear check i'm running away i, I I'm, I'm i'm down with the cause i get it <laughs> you know i commit a gruesome murder in the tavern in front of you maybe roll a fear check you know those kinds of things yeah, things I... that all are scary i'm not saying high dc right I'm not saying this is really where somebody maybe should have a fear already. Um, and the DM's just kind of filling in some gaps. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. Okay. But the, the horror one, which is the other half, is just madness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the sanity score, but simpler. Instead yeah. of all the stuff that goes into having a new ability score, you're making a charisma save against horror. And you can That's suffer trucking horrible things. Yeah. Long term, short term, madness. Yeah. Uh I you know, you can listen to our talk about madness. Yeah. <clears throat> when we talked about my hate ability yeah okay now we're getting into the now we're getting to it right the healing section especially this is especially especially for me rules that i feel like were originally tried in the game 
and they backed away from them. Okay. It's all easier or harder healing, right? Mm -hmm. First one, healer's kit dependency. I like it. I really do. I, I like it I'm because nodding. I've never, never really understood in any D&D how you get hit dice back just for not doing something for an hour. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I don't like, I like the idea that it does require a check. You just have to have the bandages, the gauze, the antibiotics, whatever it may be. You need the tools to use your hit dice. I think that makes all sense in the world. Totally. hundred percent agree. I wrote in my note, this was probably how short rest was. Yes. This was the default short rest. Um, maybe you don't even need like everybody needs a healer's kit. Maybe you need one. One. Yeah. Right. You know, everybody you, uses it. And it's you done. need your medic to have the healer's kit. You, just like you need a medic in the field to have the medic bag. Correct. If you're going to short rest, we have to, you know, we have to burn the healer's kit. Done. It's gone. Yeah. We get to move on. That makes total complete sense. Absolutely. Right. It, it makes it makes something like the healer feet even better. The one where you're using healer's kits to add HP. Yeah. Yeah. Like little cure wounds. Yeah. yeah. I think this is exactly how short rest should work. Yeah. So maybe in the future. This is how short rest. Mm -hmm. um, healing surges. So you didn't play fourth edition. This is a fourth edition rule. Burn it. And yeah, it's it, it was bad then. And they've somehow made it worse. Zero out of 10. Don't do it. This is um, second wind. It's second wind on fucking steroids. For everybody. Like, yeah, for everyone. You're using hit dice. Like, to regain HP in the middle of a fight. Like, it's a short rest. And for a more super heroic feel, you should let a character do this as a bonus action. <laughs> yeah, fucking no. <laughs> no. Fucking All this no. would do would piss your DM off. Yeah, it's like, okay, the DM's done his job. Like, he's got you guys on the ropes. He's making you think tactically. Okay, on their next turn, everyone just healing surges and is fine. Everyone, you could, because you can spend up to half your fucking hit points. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm level 10. I'm going to quick burn um, 5d8s plus my con in each of those. So that's 5d8 plus 10. And I yeah. gain, uh, what is that? 40 uh, health or 30 health. Or whatever times 5 do. is 32.5 health back. There you go. I would just close my laptop and walk away. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Or, or I'd kill you faster. This is too powerful. This is yeah. too powerful. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I'd say 0 out of 10. Yep. Slow natural healing. I love it. This, I love it. I love it. This is kind of what a lot of people really should be doing when they think, oh, in a gritty realism campaign. Yes. Which is, which is further along we're going to talk about. Oh, God, it's so bad. <laughs> um, but this is probably what people should be doing. Yes. And I, I give this one a 7 out of 10. I think I'm going to use it in my next game. Characters don't regain hit points at the end of a long rest. Instead, a character can spend hit dice to heal at the end of a long rest, just as with a short rest. The yep. optional rule prolongs the amount of time the characters need to recover from their wounds, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, so. hypothetically, um, you're using a short rest, right? You Maybe you don't spend your hit points. You gain exactly. back abilities, though. Exactly. You gain back abilities. Suddenly, that healer's kit, again, looking pretty good. And same thing with the long rest. Maybe you do the long rest, but you don't spend the hit dice to gain health. Maybe you just gain your abilities back. Or maybe you just gain your spent hit dice back. Correct. Yeah. Right, you regain half your hit dice on the on a long rest. Yeah. Right. So this makes resting more tactical. Exactly, and I think that it makes it more realistic because I love the idea of having some extra downtime and having some maybe interesting downtime activity. Spending two or three days in a town, 
recovering after being on the road for three days. Right. I think this is the nice middle ground for people who are crazy and want their players to never regain health. And those of us who are kind of tired with the fact that you guys can just walk away, rest for eight hours and you're back to full fighting spirit. Yeah. So, so those two things are about to come up. Right. So slow natural healing. You said what out of 10? Seven out of 10. Seven out of 10. We'll probably use next. Okay, perfect. All right. We will go ahead and take a break right here. Oh, right before we get into the real shit. Okay. And we're back. Mm. Mm. This next one's going to be real easy. I think we can both just agree. Rest variants. Epic heroism. I mean, if that's not a zero out of 10, I don't know what the this fuck is. This variant uses a short rest of five minutes and a long rest of one hour. I would just like to combine this with the genie warlock that can go inside their home. What about, yeah, in the poor catnap spell where you take a 10 minute short rest? It makes it worse. Suddenly, right? no, you have to shrink it now. It's a one minute short rest. So... What did I write? I wrote, I wrote, what the fuck? I put no, just no. This would result in a super jail-like adventure full of hijinks and nonsense with players going at full speed all the time, cocaine campaign. Fair, fair, accurate, <laughs> accurate. Cocaine campaign, right? So mm-hmm. when I make you play your character, like last week, I make you play your characters that are maxed out, combat ready, and you guys can long rest in an hour because the world is ending and you have to fucking go. Yeah. It's like the, uh, you know, the classic movie Crank with Jason Statham. Correct. Yes, it's like that. Yes, this is this is Crank. This is everything is on fire, and you have to be ready to go at a moment's notice, and you are. Yes. Right. Like, I think this actually works if you manage to make it narrative. Like, your characters are magically infused with heroic, with epic heroism. However, and- you are going to die in seven days. I was going to say 24 hours, but yeah, sure. Seven days. Right. So it's like, okay, we're tweaked the fuck out for a few days. Go. And then at the end of it, at the end of the campaign, seven, you know, a week, whatever, yeah. they're dead. Your bodies give out. It's over. Good job. Whatever Unless you did. Unless you, you did. somehow managed to break the curse. I would, want de- I would want death either way. Like maybe you sacrifice yourself to like save the rest of the world, but you're dead at the end of these seven days, no matter what, if we're doing right, this. Your heart exploded. <laughs> your body just couldn't handle it. So I think that's the only way to make this work is the campaign is a fixed duration. You guys cannot possibly change that. So you get X amount of long rests, basically. Yeah. Um, Use them wisely. Did you pl- have you played Hades? No. I'm sure a lot of people have played Hades like that. You you just go and go. You get to stop every once in a while. Maybe pick up some abilities, whatever. Uh-huh. But you know how long the adventure is. You just have to do your best in that short amount of time. There you go. I think that could work. Otherwise, zero out of ten. Gritty Maybe realism. 0. 5 out of 10. Gritty realism. Also 0 out of 10. Like, I get what they're trying to do, and I know DMs, uh, I don't talk to them anymore, but I've known DMs <laughs> that would do this style. Short rest is 8 hours, long rest is 7 days. So... Do you want to know who uses this? Who? DMs who, when they're players, are goths with tattoos. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So that's who it, it's this. it's just so excessive. It takes the ideal of realistic healing too far. Where this is a fantasy game, let's have some fun. 
Um, but, you know, again, it could create great storytelling, great RP moments, but essentially you're just slowing the game down. Well, in the second paragraph, so it's it, it mentions this is a good option for campaigns that emphasize intrigue, politics, and interaction. Combat is rare. Yeah, exactly. Combat would have to be rare. Yeah. Combat would have to be once or twice a week. Once, once a week. Well, if I wanted to like <laughs> not use all my abilities in one fight, maybe like a small fight and a big fight each week. Yeah. Right. You like so, are actively avoiding fighting. Mm-hmm. A lot of charisma checks. Which is kind of dumb because if I'm actually avoiding fighting, I'm making a character who's good at not fighting and doing the other things. But if I fail, I end up in combat and then I die. So yeah, I'd probably be a swashbuckler rogue for that. Swashbuckler rogue, a sorcerer, um, a bard. Warlocks um, would be good. Maybe like, a paladin. Short rest spells back. Yeah, yeah, okay. So this is for tryhards. It's for something. This is for sweaty fucking DMs who want to make your life hard. Yeah. There are people There are people online who swear by this. Like, they swear by it. Well, I mean, that's kind of how the original game was. You know, Chainmail was, if you take a point of damage, you're laid up for two weeks or whatever. Right. But I kind of, I'm in the campaign where this is D&D, right? It's fantasy. Have it's not. Fun. It's not gritty realism. So we shouldn't be quite here, right? No, exactly. We should be somewhere else. Uh, let me check the clock. Okay. Here's a section which everybody dreads. Guns. See, I have a very short segment on this. This one's very easy for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's becoming more and more of a thing. There are, you know, the artificer especially is really making guns a thing. And I honestly I don't have any real problem with firearms in a game that I do going forward, I would keep it to black powder rifles and pistols, you know, one shot per turn. But other than that, I mean, you know, you just got to be careful with how many you put into the world. Because who doesn't love guns? Yeah. My campaign is set in America. Therefore, there are guns everywhere. So, you know, I, I agree. It's important if you, you have to be using like plunger and powder type single shot guns. Yeah. Like it takes you time to reload and, you know, you can get off three shots in a minute or whatever. I think my, I think that was the record. For, right. Uh, not semiotic or automatic weapons. We're not doing no. that. Oh, my God. No. And not laser weapons and bullshit like that. Go play Starfinder if you want that shit. So I do like the notion that nobody starts with a firearm proficiency and they have to train to get it. Yeah. I think artificers don't get to level three, right? Right. I know that newer stuff, right, exists after the DM's guide publication, but nobody should just get it. They should have to actually spend time in game, finding someone to show them how to use or repair or whatever their gun. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not like saying it, it you have to time. use it. You have to use a feet or anything. You just have to eat time. Um, and, and then learn how to make bullets. Right. Yeah. Cause once they run out of bullet, like burst fire is neat, a property of a gun. But what if I don't have any gun bullets? <laughs> But yeah, but that's only for newer guns. So, um, burst fire. Which one was it on? It was on. Um, it was on like an assault rifle, modern assault rifle, modern uh, semiotic rifle or something. Yeah, but the answer rifle is automatic. Three to four rounds on a musket in a minute. That's the record. The fourth, the fourth one is a bit disputable, but yeah, so three so it, shots every ten rounds. So you know, as a hero. If you're getting one off a round, that's great. Good job. So in theory, you should be getting one off every other round. Yes, exactly. So that's five shots in a minute, right? That's yeah. huge. So essentially all you're saying is it takes an action to reload. Right. But 
these guns, they're not that overpowered. No, right? they do a D10 and D12, which I'm totally fine with. Right, exactly. The range is pretty pro- far, but not exceptional. I'd, I'd bring the pistol down to probably a D8 and the rifle to a D10 to be in line with like a bow and a heavy crossbow. I feel uh-huh. like a heavy crossbow and a rifle should do the same damage. Uh, heavy crossbow and a rifle. I mean, the problem is this is limited by bullets. Yes. Uh, there should be nobody really selling bullets. No, you And black powder, you're either making or there's maybe one person in the world right. that does it. I would assume you could find both those at the same place. But like I go to town. Oh, you know, these bandits came through. and This guy had these strange bullets. You want to buy them? Here's 10 bullets. And I only have 10 bullets for like, yeah. you know, yeah. a week or whatever. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the balance. If you're limiting that resource, then the damage doesn't matter so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of balanced that um, explosives are essentially the same idea for me. I if, I, if I have black powder firearms, then I've got black powder explosives. Correct. First bomb, cartoon bomb. Good old Bugs bunny, tank. bunny, animaniacs bomb. Yeah. Right. It's like really a low damage, all or nothing, low DC save bomb. Yeah. It's actually kind of underwhelming. I give both of them a five out of ten overall. Um, let's see. Bomb. As an action, a character can light this bomb. I just kind of want to go over this because I think it's ridiculous. Good. Throw it. This is not there, but accurately at a point up to 60 feet away. Uh-huh. Each creature within five feet of that point must succeed in a DC 12 deck save or take 3D6 fire damage. Yeah. A DC 12 for most characters is a 50-50 shot. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I got above a 10 or I didn't. Yeah, they're about. Yeah. So 50 50 shot to take 3d6. Yeah. This doesn't feel very good. I mean, that, you got to think about it again. You know, to us, it doesn't sound very good, but that would kill Commoners. a lot. Of, like, like a lot of things. That would kill a level one character, in all fairness. Yeah, true. Right. Um, but if you get higher up here, excuse me, you can make a, a gunpowder keg, mm-hmm. which does more damage. Yeah. I like that one because you it's versatile. You can set like gunpowder on fire to make a torch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You get to dynamite. Which See, are... I don't. I don't think I would allow dynamite because it's just paper there's... wrapped gunpowder. <laughs> it's not. It's you know, uh, yeah. Try nitroglyceride. Exactly. Exactly. TNT. Um, but it's the same thing. Five feet. DC twelve decks. Three D six damage or half as much on a successful save. Right. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing about dynamite that I find fascinating. You can band sticks together. Yeah. Increasing the damage by D six and the burst radius by five feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you make a fireball eventually, but it doesn't impact how well you can throw it. I mean, I yeah, probably I can, limit it to like five sticks. That's what I can throw. It's uh, it's, it's, it's uh, up to a maximum of ten d sixes, which is eight sticks. Yeah, I wouldn't allow that. Uh, like I can throw eight sticks just as accurately as I can one. Yeah, I wouldn't allow which that. Which seems a little strange, right? Yeah, yeah. Lastly, this is next level advanced shit. Is a grenade. What well, I definitely wouldn't allow that. The grenade's so good. Compared so, well, to the a, bomb, a grenade is very powerful. Yes, that is that DC 15 dex, 5d6 piercing, or half in a success. Right? The shrapnel that gets you, not the explosion. Right. For, a grenade is insane. If you're including grenades in your game, you're an insane person. You're, you're a silly person. You're a crazy, you're a insane, silly, person. silly person. It's just, yeah. Unless you want to put holy... some ball bearings in your powder keg that you light on fire, that's one thing. But now, you tell me that you got the holy hand grenade of Antioch. Oh, wow. It's a grenade, right? Just you get sure you, one grenade. Make sure you count correctly. That you have to, <laughs> that you have to use to kill 
the rabbit of Serbanog or whatever it was. I don't remember, but yes, that like that's the only time you can use it. Right? <laughs> um, so yeah, explosives. I, I mean, there's cannons in our game. Yeah, right. Black powder exists, um, but nobody's done that shit with it. Use with caution. Right, exactly. I don't see why not because the, you know the Chinese in real world discovered and and um, refined black powder thousands of years ago. Yeah, like 2000 BC or some bullshit. Right. So like. Of course it exists, but are they able to do anything good with it? Who knows? So you're probably against alien technology then? Two out of 10. Two? We got a whole two? Got a two out of it. Wow. Because I, the one thing that I was thinking is like, it's, it'd be fun in like, just you're traveling the world and you come across like a fucking cell phone that somehow got, that'd be hilarious for the people to try and figure the fuck out what to do. Absolutely. That's a great way of thinking um, about it. Non-combat alien technology. Yeah. So, but the Gith are the closest things to space aliens that I want to deal with. So yeah, two out of 10. Yeah. But me. like what else could be alien technology that you drop into them? I, uh, dildo probably. I don't know. A radio. Throw a vibrator in there. Radio wouldn't do shit. Cause you have signals. Um, um something with a magnet um ooh, how about a uh like a like a big fucking telescope well just something battery powered like some of the they'd rather the battery in a day <laughs> they wouldn't know how to turn yeah, it off but that, that's part of the that's part of the <laughs> success or failure in figuring it out right uh and then like every once in a while they'll just shock and grasp it and it'll start working again a taser a taser <laughs> nailed it an right? actual gun there you go <laughs> well so the alien technology, they are kind of implying like, yeah, there's alien technology, but there's laser pistols. <laughs> the problem is that if I put alien technology into my world, that implies that there are, in fact, space aliens, which I don't want to deal with. I don't well, want to deal with. in the infinite multiverse, like in a parallel universe, I don't want to deal with aliens. it. I don't want to deal with it. I mean, there are aliens. They're from the far realm. With. Those are aliens. I, that's the thing. The Gith are the closest things that I want to deal with in this situation. The, the mind flayers are aliens. I understand. I'm saying that you know, mind flare technology is its thing, and no player in any of my games will have to fly a nautiloid on their own. So you're saying if I made it to the far realm and I survived the madness that would break my psyche, <laughs> I could see the true mind flayer colony, the grand kingdom of the Illithid is full of fucking lasers and uh, cell phones and shit. Are you kidding? It's just literally like mind porn the entire time. It's just screaming dark Demon. horror and tentacles everywhere you look. Yeah, that's their porn. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of the laser guns, um, I actually don't hate them. Like, th hypothetically, I drop a laser gun. You figure out how to use it. It's purely limited by the energy cell, right? So, my perfect example of why this is stupid and shouldn't happen is the movie Cowboy and Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens. Correct. When Daniel Craig's got the piece of alien technology on his wrist and he doesn't really know what to do and he starts shooting it and he kind of figures it out and it was a bad movie. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. I mean, if you treat them like spell scrolls where it's a finite resource and then a plot hook, there is, there is a very narrow road that someone could successfully do this. It exists. Hmm. But you're, you're, you're cautioned it. against it. I'm against it. All right. That's fine. Two out of ten. Um, so let's just hit plot points. Mm -hmm. And then we'll actually have to save the rest of us for another time. Another time? We're already at 40 minutes. A plot cliffhanger? Points a cliffhanger. Oh my I know. God. I know. Um, plot points. 
allows players to change the course of the campaign, introduce plot complications, all sorts of funky shit. This is the wildest shit in the West right here. If your first reaction to reading this optional rule is to worry that your players might abuse it, it's probably not for you. This is akin to the patients running the asylum. Side note, period. Back up. Lightsaber, alien technology introduced into your game. It's a sword. The world ended. No, nobody for like, like that would be introduced and it would take them a hundred years to not cut off their own arms using it. They'd have to like, literally they would either have to have somebody on standby to regenerate, or they'd have to pass it down from generation to generation until somebody finally figures out how to use it. How did granddad lose both his hands? Well, son, you're about to find out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. right. Pop points. Option one. What a twist. I love that by the way. Yeah. Says what a twist, which is, I believe a callback to Robot Chicken, M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah. Right. A player who spends a plot point gets to add some element to the setting or situation that the group, including you, must accept as true. You can spend no more than one plot point per session. Uh, for example, a player can spend a plot point and state that his or her character has found a secret door. An NPC appears, or a monster turns out to be a long lost ally, ally polymorphed into a horrid beast. Thoughts? Just keep, just keep going. I'll do it all at once. Okay. Option two, the plot thickens. A player spends a plot point. Um, the player to his or her right must add a complication to the scene. For example, if the player who spent the plot point decides that his or her character found a secret door, the player to the right might state that opening the door triggers a magical trap that teleports the party to another part of the dungeon. Option three, the gods must be crazy. Okay, listen. <laughs> um... Everybody has to make a character for this work, including the DM. One person starts as the DM. Anytime a player spends a plot point, they get to become the DM until the next person spends a plot point. This should not be used during combat. Okay. This whole thing is just improv. It's, it's literally an improv class in D&D. And I don't like improv classes. <laughs> I don't like improv comedy. So I don't think that I would like this ever. But my biggest issue with it my biggest issue is, is a very simple one. Just last session, Tyler, Hello. somebody made an offhanded joke and you wrote it down and said, yep, that's going to happen. I believe it was a beholder living in the mineshaft tube or whatever it is. Correct. Yeah, just something like that. That's essentially what this is, somebody making an offhanded joke, but then suddenly the DM's like, you know what? That might be funny. And they, who have total control over the world, figured out how to make it make sense. This this probably goes a little far, right? The plot points thing. I like the notion. We've talked about it before. Something I saw online of you have a plot point and you can spend it to like change the outcome of something, for example. Um, but the example I saw online, whenever I spend a plot point, the DM gets it and he can then spend it and give it back to you like to change mm-hmm. the outcome of something. So I think that the plot points here are a little much because I, I can essentially just make something up, right? Um, Hydra's my old buddy from college. Uh, right. My, uh, I spent a plot point. Okay, what do you do? My sword suddenly engulfed in flames was secretly the legendary blade of blah 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 this whole time. Yep. Um. So right, if your first reaction to reading this optional rule is to worry your players might abuse it, it's probably not for you. So it's probably not for me. It's it's not it's not for anybody I know or play with. So this is a different version of Dungeons and Dragons. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. It's an improv class. But go on. Okay, right. What, what do you think about the third option, though? The, the DM swap option. 
I despise it with all of my heart. Go on. I don't have to go on. I despise <laughs> it with all of my heart. Okay. Go on. I, I think, no, I'm, I'm going to say something offensive. It's not worth it, but I don't, it's, it's not a good idea. There's a story, a, a D and D story is is this wonderful situation and i always i always liken it to uh the body a human body and the creation of a human body and the idea that the dm makes the skeleton they make this world they make the muscles that make the world work they make the blood vessels and and they make the arteries and they make all these things that make it functional but then you as pcs give it life you give it personality you give it purpose animating spirits Yes. If suddenly the person that made the body is also now the player and then the player is the person making the body and suddenly you've got a dude with three arms and one leg, but it's not actually a leg. And, and you know, one of them's got multiple dicks. Yeah. it's it, They've got two heads with eight mouths and it, suddenly, you know, the campaign is a gibbering mouther and everything's fucked. Love a good gibbering mouther reference. So, no, yeah, I don't, I don't. I agree with you. This is this is a different game. It's a different game. It's a different game altogether. So this is ill-advised for anybody who wants to play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, there's literally this is called make believe. You and your friends can make up whatever the fuck you want at this point in the game. Yeah, I think a big part for me is it just it undermines the creative efforts of your DM, right? Yeah, DMs work hard. Um for this approach to work it's a good idea to establish some shared assumptions about the campaign so that dms aren't duplicating efforts or trampling on each other's plans yeah good luck with that anyways we ran out of time but we have um combat options and some action options to go through i don't think we were going to get all the way to creating a monster for example oh see i didn't even have that i just did the optional rules i've been creating shit yeah. Um, so if we want to do that next time, I can add that. And then some stuff in chapter eight. So maybe next week we'll wrap this up and move on. But um, we never really went through these options, so I thought it would be good. Yeah, I agree. And I, there's there's a few at the end that I love. I got a seven out of 10, eight out of 10. I've got a 10 out of 10 on here. No shit. Yeah. That's what we call in the business a tease. <laughs> All right. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Sometimes I tweet. Feel free to send us topics at RWD. Wait. Feel free to send us topics that you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rjbdpodcast at gmail.com. As always, we will see you next time. Till then. Goodbye.